Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. So tonight we have uh, a privilege of installing a new elder. Phyllis has agreed to serve as an elder for the vineyard. So uh, you want to come up? I thought we'd do this first. invite anybody who wants to come and lay hands on Phyllis to uh, come join us as we anoint her and bless her. Uh, some of you might not know, but uh, Phyllis graduated from Christ for the Nations Ministry School in Texas, and it's his license. Uh, where you were going? Both. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that that God has been doing as as we've gotten smaller uh, is the Lord is bringing us number one accord. Uh, you know, some people left because we were named the boy and Ken as elders, and you know. That's, that's one way to interpret some passages in the Testament. So, you know, we still love those guys, those people, but uh, we really believe in under the New Covenant that uh, there aren't restrictions uh, based on our gender. So when we see someone who has the anointing and is functioning in something, then we, we want to acknowledge that and say, yes, Lord, and bless that. So that's what we're doing with Phyllis. So Phyllis, it's, it's a blessing to install you as an elder to serve in this city, because we really appoint elders to the city to this body. So, uh, so we uh, release you as, as an elder in the city of Cheyenne. And we recognize uh, the anointing and gifting that God has placed within you. And we're thankful that you're part of this body. Just, I want to bless you and this for increase and on behalf of this body and on behalf of the church in Cheyenne. I, I just the, the Lord saying yes <laughs> to the increase. <laughs> yes to the new. Newness. <laughs> new things. So Thank you for Phyllis. I bless her. She was standing and I release her. We receive her as an elder in this body. Mm-hmm. She was 
Not anymore. I'm blessed in you. That intimacy that you so desire goes beyond anything that you could ever imagine or hope for. That God pulls you into his heart and that you're able to release that heart to others, to bring it to the world and to this city and to this body. Phyllis, I release the prophetic in you. I bless that. I bless that wisdom and the words of knowledge to increase. And Phyllis, you will gather the intercessors. You will gather the intercessors for the end times or the king of the battle. For the king of the battle. And I bless the gathering of the Deborahs. I bless the Deborah in you. And I thank you, Father, that what a privilege it is to walk with this one, mm-hmm. to have her in this body. Thank you, yes. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Release the rivers of your spirit. Father, we believe this woman is anointed of you. God, we just ask that you release her to flow. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> it feels really good to do this. <laughs> so I, I've been reading Acts this week and just uh was struck by the number of times they were in one accord. (laughs) And that means they were of one mind. They were unanimous. (laughs) They were in agreement. And the first time is is in Acts chapter 1, where the 120 are praying in the upper room. And they were in one accord. And then in Acts chapter 2, it mentions it again. And they were praying in one accord just before the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. And again, 
after the great harvest in chapter 2 and verse 46. And then still even with 3,000 more people, they were all in one accord. Receiving the teaching of the apostles and meeting together from house to house and and together in, in the synagogue or in the temple in Jerusalem. And then there was persecution. And it, we find the word used again in, in Acts chapter 4 when uh, Peter and John had been brought before the council and told not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And then they were released and they, they met together for a prayer meeting that night. And they were all in one accord and they asked the Lord for boldness to continue to speak in the name of Jesus. And then the whole building that they were in was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again as they were in one accord. So let us seek to be yoked with Jesus, seek to be pursuing Jesus, and we will be in one accord. Because as we are individually in agreement with him, we will be in one accord together. And that seems to be a condition for great moves of the Holy Spirit. So uh, Kim and Phyllis are going to share tonight. I invite you. Let's all stand. We're just going to press in a little bit this, this evening, and, and we're just going to thank God for what he's doing. Oh, Father. Wow, God. <laughs> oh, God, we just bless you. Father, we thank you so much, God, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. God, I pray tonight, God, that you would minister to every person that is here tonight, God. God, I pray right now that, Father, as, Father, this evening, I just kind of felt like people are just kind of tired and weary. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just take and shake that weariness off right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we ask for your kingdom to come, God. Your will to be accomplished tonight, oh God. In, on earth, God, as it is in heaven in this place, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. God, to come and do a work in our hearts, God, that we would walk away, God, different than the way we walked in this place. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, God. We honor you, God. We adore you, Father. 
Holy, holy, holy one. You're so faithful, God. You're so merciful, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. You can all be seated. <clears throat> I was asked to talk about intimacy with God. It's, I tell you, I, I'm not an expert on it, but I have had some experience with it. And there is nothing that is like it. And I tell you, I'm on a pursuit for more of God in my life. And to getting into a more of an intimate place with him. And I was asking God, I said, God, what does that really look like? How do I really get that to speak that out? And he was showing me in John 15. If you want to turn there, we'll read a few scriptures there. John 15, we'll start verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may be, bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. That word abide means to adhese, to stick to. And I had this vision of Velcro coming together. That is intimacy. It's being honest with God, saying, God, I'm struggling right now. I'm hurting right now. Or whatever the case may be. Or I'm walking in victory. It's a total honesty with God because he already knows. See, the problem is, is a lot of times as we get to struggling and then we pull and we'll pull away from God. And we, or we sin, and then we tend to just like Adam, he went and he hid. And God is wanting us to run to him. It's when we're sick, we run to the hospital, we run to the doctors. If we have a toothache, we run to the dentist. But if we're sick spiritually, we tend to run from God. And it really, he wants us to run to him instead of from him. Um, the word abide means to stick to, to adhere, to uphold, to acknowledge, and actually even respect. I was surprised to see that one in there. But I thought that was pretty cool. Um, in um, Matthew 7, 21, and 20, uh, to 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And so many mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew, which is the word yada. And it's intimate. It's being intimate. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me. And God wants us to get into place to where we, we can have an intimacy at, at Christ for the Nations, they would say. It's into me, see. 
And it's like allowing God to really look deep in your heart and not hide or to run from him, but allow him to be able to uh, get to that. But he also wants you to be able to look into his heart and to be intimate with him, not just him with you. But God wants to know you. And that's that intimate place that he wants. It's just like Mary. She said when, when the angel came and to- told her that uh, she was going to be with child, and he sa- she said, how could that be? I never knew, which is the same word. I-, I didn't know a man. But it's not in a physical sense. It's in a spiritual sense. So, And that's what God is wanting to do is to take us deep. <laughs> take us deep. And deeper, you know, there is no more that, that is a better place of peace and a joy than being intimate with God. I tell you, there is so many times I've had to cry out for help and, and for him to take and bring healing to this heart because it was so broken several times. And even when I came to Cheyenne Vineyard, I was broken, I was wounded. And I had to allow God to take and bring healing to my heart. And that's what God so desires. I believe in Psalms 91, that secret place is that intimate place with God. And so um, I just really challenge you just to go deeper and to go into a deep intimacy with the Lord. So when Phyllis and I were talking about what the Lord wanted to do tonight, and I knew that the foundation of what he wanted us to talk about was the intimacy and that connection. And I've just seen that connection in Phyllis that just goes, it just, um, it challenges me because she just stays with it. She doesn't expect God to come after her. She pursues him. And I know that that was, that was kind of one revelation that I had was that sometimes I'm just waiting for God to do something to change me. And really, and, and he's relentless. I mean, he doesn't, he's faithful and he loves us and, he, and he's always there. But when you go after him, it is a connection that goes beyond um, your wildest dreams. It's something that God just does, that it's just huge. And, and then he draws you in. Mm-hmm. And um, so we wanted to talk a lot about how that works in community, you know. So the main thing to be connected with one another is you've got to connect with God first. And you've got to pursue him. And you, and you just never give up. And you just keep positioning your heart. You just keep turning your heart towards him. And you just be real with him. And I was sharing with Phyllis when I was a kid, I always felt like I was on the outside looking in. And I was the one that never got called to play Red Rover or Red Light, Green Light or any of, you know, I, I just always felt like I was on the outside. And so, I kind of, so that's that lie that the enemy 
put in me somehow um, so that I would always feel left out. And I'd always felt like I just didn't quite measure up to be the Christian that I needed to be. Um, but that God did a marvelous thing. I um, was at church. I was probably about 28 or so. Had just, you know, both my, my father passed away when I was 14, my mother when I was 25. Had two kids. Um, my parents were not churchgoers. My husband was not. So I was by myself, felt kind of by myself. And I was sitting in church thinking, I wish I just had a friend. And so after church, this lady just makes a beeline for me. And I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> and I didn't really know her. She was probably 20 or 30 years older than me. And she said, God told me you need a friend and I'm it. And I was like, wow. I mean, it was just such a connection. And that was my spiritual mom that helped me receive the healing that I needed to recognize that lie that was operating in my life and to put it away. That, you know, it was the beginning of the healing. But it was, it was being in church and being real with God and being real with one another because I trusted her. I could be real with her. And so staying connected or being connected to one another is getting to that place because we trust him. Because we trust him, we can connect to each other and we can trust each other. And we can be real when we need to be real. In Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, talks about that this is God's plan. I mean, he put us together as a body with Christ as the head because we all got to have each other. We can't do it by ourselves. And it's that jointly fit together thing. And so that's kind of like what this Velcro is, you know, and and it works. I'm, the more the more you connect to God, then the more you can connect to one another. It just it flows that way. Um, I learned that what God wanted from me was not me doing stuff for him, um, but it was just being. And it was learning how to let go of the doing and then just be with him. And then out of that being came what he needed done, you know, what he wanted to do. But it wasn't me going and doing stuff. So um, that was kind of the beginning of recognizing identity and realize, and it was what pastor's been talking about for, for a while, about being. And sometimes that's being still. It's just um, sitting with God and saying, I love you. And seeking him, not for what he does, but for who he is. And just saying, I love you just like you are, God. You're amazing. You know, it's just, it's just sitting there for, and for however long. I'm, I'm not going to put a time on it. But he, he calls us to that secret place, and he draws us in. And then in that presence with him, then he transforms us. 
mean, we don't even have to come to him with that laundry list of all the stuff that we think is that needs to be fixed. So um, when we're in community together and with God, one of the things that God requires from us is clean communication. So it's like telling him like it is. It's not, it's being authentic. Um, if, I'm, if I've gotten offended because maybe somebody got healed and I didn't, and I'm like, you know, what, what is that? Um, I come to God and I say, what is that? <laughs> and then I say, okay, I'm not going to ask you why, but I'm going to say, so what is this, Lord, and what are you trying to show me? But it's just, it's just being authentic, and it's being authentic with one another. So like when you come and things aren't going good, just tell us. I mean, I don't want to hear, oh, I'm good, <laughs> and you're not, because you know what? We already know. We pretty much know that you're not, because the Lord is, because that's his heart. He's going to show it to us. So if we want to grow together and, and to honor him, honor that community with him, then that's, that's it's clean communication, and it's not nice, but it's kind. You know, it's spoken in love. Um, so that's real connection. Compassion. Um, this was amazing to me. I, I witnessed this with someone that goes to church here, and the Lord had asked them to mentor somebody. And what compassion is, it's giving a person what they can have in a way they can have it. And it goes beyond kindness and empathy. So what this person said was, tell me, tell me how to give you usable love. And that just kind of rocked my world. I was like, wow. Because, you know, showing love to a diabetic wouldn't be buying him 10 pounds of chocolate. You know, it's, but it is, it's saying, I th and it's saying to somebody, what, what would make you feel loved? Know that you're loved by God. How can I help with that? You know, and that, that's the journey that they, they went on, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, it changed both their lives. Um, it changed both their families. Um, because you learn that not loving isn't always loving people like you want to be loved. That's kind of self-centered. So it's letting God stretch you out of there. And um, you might have to do some things that aren't comfortable to help reach somebody that needs usable love. I know when, when Phyllis was walking through some of the most difficult times, Sometimes the only thing that God would ever let me say to her was just trust. And I would just be like, oh, my word, that is just not enough. It just, you know, but it's all that God wanted me to say to her. And, and that was huge because I had a problem with trust. <laughs> and I needed to hear that. So um, I wanted to read to you Exodus thirty-three nineteen. And this is where um, Moses has asked the Lord to show him his glory. 
And the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And so this kind of speaks to our um, was the, to our destiny and our identity. You know, um, as a community, we're, we war for each other's destiny because um, your destiny is right now. You have the green light, and you don't need to wait. So do it. And you know what it is? It's the hope of glory. So what is Christ in you, the hope of glory? I, I asked God what that meant for a long, long time, and he's just given me kind of a peek at it lately. So Moses asked to see the glory, and what did God decide to show him? His character, his goodness, his compassion. So Christ in you, the hope of glory, is God's revealing, transforming, revealing his character in you, and it's part of being. It's not doing anything. It's because the doing will come. If you're being this, the doing comes out of that. So um, God says you got a green light. Quit waiting for your destiny, because I did that for like 20 years. What a waste of time. But God didn't waste any time. Just felt like a waste of time to me. Because it's now. What you do every day. The people that you touch or how you position your heart towards God is your destiny. What if all we were called to do was just to turn our heart to God and just let his love pour out on us and us pour our love out on him? That's huge. So the other part about being in um, community and being connected is the responsibility and the accountability. And um, I always liked... Well, I never understood this for a while, but Ephesians 5.21, where it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And because, you know, there's that whole passage in Ephesians about submitting to your husband and all of that. And I'm like, what? How does that work? And then when the Lord showed me the definition of submit meant to adapt, you know, so we were supposed to adapt to one another. That's how we come into one accord, you know, because we're all different. We all have some, you know, some stuff. And um, we're supposed to all just know each other, not in the flesh. <laughs> but that could, that's a challenge, you know. Um, but we're to adapt to one another. And then to recognize that's that jointly fit together thing. God did this. There's a plan here. And so it's just asking, what is this? And what do you want me to do with it? You know? Um, so wanted to talk a little. Did you have anything? OK. Wanted to talk. This is just about, you know how Phyllis talked about respect. And that's what abiding is. And when we come together, we abide with one another. We abide in Christ but we're abiding with one another. 
mean that we're respecting one another too. And so one of the things we just wanted to talk about, we don't have all the answers, but what does respecting the Holy Spirit look like? Because we want to be sure that there's nothing going on, you know, among us that opposes what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I mean, we just want to get out of his way. You know, we don't want any, anything, you know, any offense. I don't want to bring an offense in. I don't want to be offended at God for anything. You know, and constantly asking God to search me. And if there's any unclean thing in me to reveal that. So what are some of the things respecting the Holy Spirit looks like or doesn't look like? Well, it doesn't look like um, when there's people praying and people are trying to have conversation and stuff like that. Sometimes it can grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, a lot of times can be just distractions. Sometimes people can, you know, be distracting sometimes. And... Um, and, and again, sometimes it can, it can just it can stop uh, things from happening because of the distraction, or um, it just you know it grieves the Holy Spirit, and it's not free to move. Yeah, it, I, and it's not because we're all coming together and we're communing. So, and some of us haven't seen each other for a little bit, so we're wanting to fellowship. Well. There's a little cafe area, which that you're more than welcome to do that out there. But if people are up front and they're interceding and you see the prayer and the worship going on, just respect it. You know, if the Lord calls you to join in, that's what you need to do. Um, if, you st if you still need to go be with other people and visit, that's fine. Um, we're all free to do to do that. You know, we're not trying to set up rules. We just want to make you aware. Um, so it's just important, like if you see somebody with their head down and they're praying, it's not to go over and interrupt them. Um, unless the Holy Spirit has told you to go over because there's something on their heart that you need, you know, and that's between you and God. Um, and then it's not having conversations during worship. You know, if we're all here in the in the congregation and we're all worshiping, and then there's talking going on throughout, just be just be mindful of it. Um, no judgment here, please. <laughs> I'm just I'm just asking for mindfulness, and and then when you enter in, when you come in the door, come prepared, P prepared to connect. You know, God, I'm coming in to pursue you today. I'm I'm coming in to connect with you, and the, and the, that's really it's just getting your heart in position, getting your heart in position to pour your love out on the Lord, but then also to receive everything that the Holy Spirit wants to do. So that's that's really all we have. You have anything else? Does anybody have questions or comments or? So we, we just wanted to um, want to have you close in prayer, but also just offer a time 
for ministry in the prayer room. If, if um, you're feeling that God has spoken to, to you through some of the things that we've shared or that, that you just have a need, you know, we're more than willing, more than willing to, to pray for you. So, Father, we just are so grateful for what you're doing in this place, God. Father, I pray for each person here. I pray, God, that the destiny that you have created before the foundation of this earth, God, would come forth in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would take them deeper in you, God. I pray, God, that you would take them into an intimate place with you, Father, that you would draw them, Father. I ask your Holy Spirit to take and do a work in each person, God. God, that we would walk in the anointing that you have on our lives, God, that we would do what you want us to do, and that's to become to you, God, and to love on you and to minister to you, God. Father, I ask that you would show us how to do that. Holy Spirit, I ask that you just bring a hunger and a thirst to every heart right now. We want to follow you. We want to pursue you with a passion that we've never experienced before. God, we want to connect with you. We want to honor you. We want to minister to you, God, as a body, corporately together. Mm -hmm. Father, we want to rise up. We don't want to do the same thing, expecting different results. So, God, we're opening our heart and our minds to you now to give us downloads and to show us New ways to enter in. God, we're wanting that new wineskin. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So next week, we're going to try something really new. Uh, one time... When I was still working for the DOT, I went to a meeting in Jackson, and I ended up in the public library. I think we were having a meeting there. And there was a little 8.5 by 11 sign, handwritten up on the bulletin board, that said, Orville's Coffee House, Friday night. Bring your songs, poems, and God stories. And it was at a place that is kind of like the Salvation Army in, in Jackson. And I grabbed that thing, and I made a photocopy of it so I could put the original back. <laughs> and I brought it home. And Joy and I have wanted to do this for years. So that's what we're going to do next Saturday. Uh, if If you have a... If you're a musician and you have a song that you've written that you want to share or just a, a song that is meaningful to you, then come and be ready to share that. Jack. Uh, did I, what did I say? Oh, Friday night, yes. <laughs> We're not changing again. <laughs> We're going to stick with this for a while. Uh, so Friday night next week... Uh, and, you know, there's a passage in Roman, or Revelation 12 
that is instruction for the time near the end. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. Uh, it blesses the Lord when we share God's stories, because that's what a testimony is. It's it's something that God, you've seen God do, maybe something that you've seen him do or something that he's done in your life or somebody else's life that you know or maybe even you were a part of. Uh, we That builds us up. It builds up our faith. So I, I want you to bring some God stories. They don't have to be, you know, super miraculous, uh, but I, some of them are going to be because I've got some and I'm, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> uh, so songs, poems, and God stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When something that God's really given you some revelation through uh, from the Word, yeah. Even a prophetic word that somebody gave you that just really um, opened things up. So I'm I'm excited. How how does this feel to you? You know, I feel more free and at peace than I have for a really long time, and it's just kind of weird. Because I, I really didn't expect that. But I I really feel like the Lord was leading us to do this, at least for the summer. And uh, so I, I think he's got some special things for us uh, on his heart. So thanks for being here. And uh, has everyone heard from whoever's small group they're in? Is there anybody who hasn't heard from? Okay, that's that's good. <laughs> so one of the things that we're encouraging everyone to do on these Saturdays and Sundays that we don't have church now, <laughs> uh, to be the church on Saturday and Sunday and build relationships, build community with other people in the body, go camping, go fishing, or, you know, people who aren't connected to God's kingdom, they don't go to church on Sunday. They're free on Saturday and Sunday too. <laughs> go camping, go fishing with, with some of them and just have some dialogue about God. And if if you want to take a God test along with you, these these are good. They They are useful. So be blessed, and if, if you want prayer tonight, we'll, we'll have prayer in the, we're going to call that the war room. We're going to be redoing that a little bit here shortly. So thanks. That was good. Be blessed. <laughs>